Hey, everybody. It's high noon. It's Tuesday. It's time for the Alta Clash. Alta Clash. Alta Cast slash Some Call Me Tim. I don't know what it is anymore. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is calling. Oh, no, coming in. <gasps> Dear God, she's coming into studio. That's exciting. That's going to be a little after 1 o'clock. So I'm going to play some commercials, and then we're going to play some more flat black plastic. And thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. I don't know if we're going to be streaming live in 2024 since we will no longer be in our studio space, but we will be, we will have our entire compendium index of all of the podcasts of the past 10 years. Those will always be available on the internet because Mutiny Radio is still alive. Just because we don't have a storefront doesn't mean we aren't a presence. We're still going to have in 2024, five open mics a week at different venues all over San Francisco. It's going to be stalwart and steady, just as always, for comedians, shows. Uh, you can always download podcasts and listen to them. I mean, there's so much stuff at mutinyradio.fm in that index. We're going to try to spruce it up and make it look good. Uh, you know, since it's, <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but it'll get done. Don't worry. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. And then, like I said, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth is going to be in after one o'clock. Stay tuned for that. Until then, enjoy some commercials and then some flat black plastic. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Holy Patrick, Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on MutinyRadio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign. By Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio, join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, two seven eight one Twenty First Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep Mission. Every Monday at six p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. 
But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free! For free! They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. It's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. There is <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming Live, 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. FM. Here in SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place, one day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? 
Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. Buffwee! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Talking. Until the Sheriff of Truth arrives, we'll be listening to some old found round sound from Skatu on Sundays. Enjoy.
underground sound out of mutinyradio.fm if you're getting ready to get down to the sound of a little record this show's for you and uh if you can stand by benny king he'll give you a supernatural thing
desert no lord When I pull back on the reins Death can be the result of the most underrated pain Satan whispers to you Well, I don't want to for you But when you get tired of that miss so-and-so I got another woman for you the work of your own hands You'll be serving strangers in a strange forsaken land Come, 
Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and we want go home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and we want go home. Lip six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and we want go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and Full bunch, a ripe banana. Daylight come and we want go home. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and we want go home. Lift six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and we want go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to 
sad to say I'm on my way Won't be back for many a day My heart is down, my head is turning around I had to leave a little girl in Kingston town Down at the market you can hear ladies cry out While on their heads they bear Aki rice salt fish are nice And the rum is fine any time of year But I'm sad to say I'm on my way Won't be back for many a day My heart is down, my head is turning around I had to leave a little girl in Kingston town Sounds of laughter everywhere And the dancing girls swing to and fro I must declare my heart is there Though I've been from Maine to Mexico But I'm sad to say I'm on my way Won't be back for many a day My heart is down, my head is turning around I had to leave a little girl in Kingston town
Everybody's oh, here. Happy Yay. Merry New Year. Hell yeah. Uh, it's not well, the new year yet. We're still in 2023. I know. I'm pushing it that way. This is what, how many days we have left? Less than four weeks. So I get to. Uh, it's actually kind of exciting. I, I have a booking on, on New Year's. I get to do two shows. Make that money. For hella okay. funny. Ah, it's not money. It's just performing. Uh, I get, oh, it's, There's a little money involved, but not, you know, not that much. It's because it's hella funny. But I get to do two shows at the Condor I'm, I'm producing. Ooh. So, yeah, at the motherfucking strip club. Nice. Um, with, and it's great because, so I asked Stroy, I'm like, do I get to book my own people even? And he's like, you got to tell me who they are first. And so I gave him a message and he hasn't gotten back to me. And I'm like... Dude, you got to get to me because it's fucking New Year's. People make plans and shit. Like, uh, You know what? Good for you because this is when I start missing bartending because I would rather be making money right. than out there spending it because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for New Year's because I hate New Year's in the city. I really do. I just have, I just like to perform. Oh, is Somebody, this close enough? There you go. That's better. Somebody messed with this the board one? again. Is this one better? They both work, but you just have to be close up to them. Someone messed Put with the board together. again, and I just don't feel like I don't feel like flipping. Stop it messing with the board, you moron! It's is that much better? That's much better. Okay. Um, they, I said the same reason I haven't cleaned the bathroom in a while. I'm like, I just don't feel like it anymore. You know, like. <sighs> well, maybe I should hope my pee, because I do have to pee. No, Coffee. no, there's toilet paper. There's just no paper towels, and it smells a little bit in there, but. <laughs> And it not like poop, just like pee, actually, which is like that what? old Why? urine smell. Yeah, um, it's uh, like yeah, the, that's not. It's not it smells like a boy's locker room. It's sad to leave the station, but it's not. This place is an albatross, and it's <laughs> it really is. Nobody needs storefronts anymore. Like you just don't. So, and there's so many. I'm keeping the website alive, and there's so many podcasts that exist. Yeah, there, there's a sea of podcasts for people to listen to in perpetuity. It's like it's all there. So hopefully. I don't know, but I'm keeping Mutiny Radio alive because we are at least keeping the business license going. It's It exists until June, so... And I might even keep it because no matter where I live, there's no reason why I can't have Mutiny Radio running in San Francisco with its open mics and its internet presence and whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the... I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that currently we still have seven open mics a week and then in January, we're going down to five open mics a week. So it'll be Monday Joke Workshop at Gallery Rama, Tuesday at OMG, Wednesday at Mars Bar, 7 o'clock, Thursday Booked. at uh, Bar on Dolores, and then Saturday at Atlas. We're keeping those five, and um, they're all going to be run and produced by Mutiny Radio, and it's going to be great. So That's a lot for, like, you mean, like, to kick off the end of the, the year kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. It's pretty good. It just, this whole year we've been running seven open mics a week, and it's been great, but they've become I don't know. San Francisco comedy is changing. Things have become less populated. People move up and they just stop going to open mics because they're booked on shows. And I mean, I'd love for that to happen to me, but I'm still down here running open mics. But it's okay. I mean, next year I've got a bunch of different people that are going to run things for me. And and um, I don't Mutiny Radio will keep providing stage time for people in San Francisco that are, you know, I'm just excited to not have to be around san francisco comedians for a minute because they're really jerks <laughs> they're not nice people and people say you're not supposed to complain but gosh you know when people are just like this is the thing about stand-up comedians too they when they get in the little community and they start rising up they're like oh, oh 
because we've all been dorks and horrible, awful people our entire lives. You don't do stand-up comedy because you had a good childhood. Like, no one does stand-up that feels secure in themselves and has a really self healthy self-esteem and, like, a has good relationships <laughs> with their parents and others. No, these are stand-up comics. So when you take a bunch of misfit, broken toys and give some of them a little bit of power, they freak the fuck out. They're like, oh, I've got power. I've got influence. For the first time in my life, people are listening to me. Just a little bit of power. And just a little bit, and it makes, it makes such a difference. But that's the problem is that comedians are, by and large, narcissistic, broken toys that don't recognize when they make mistakes or take responsibility for their actions because they just go, oh, I'll write a joke about it and fuck them. So, but, but that's, I mean, I'm trying to like re-enter the world as a regular person. I used to be this very, like people when you'd say Pam and Jim, they'd be like, oh, she's the nicest, most giving, kindest person I've ever met. And now people are like, well, she complains a lot. And she's like, Rrr. and it, Boo. I'm ready to go back to like, this is, it's just so funny because when I left my husband, uh, when I was 32 in 2007, I felt that way about my life. I was like, I hated my job. I hated what I was. It was, I was so unhappy. I was so like, just not fulfilled. And, and I have that same, but now I'm better equipped to deal with it. When I left San Diego, whoa, I, my friend, Amanda, my poor friend, Amanda, she let me, cause I'd left my husband. So I didn't have anywhere to live. And then I was living at my friend Megan's house. But then her roommates were like, she can't just live here. She's not paying rent. And I was like, fuck, now I can't be here. And then I stayed on my friend Amanda's couch. She let me stay there for a whole month. That was a month of September in 2007. And it was probably the most depressing mm. month of my life. I didn't have a husband. My, hu my boyfriend broke up with me. I just gotten back from Burning Man and it had been so fun, but I didn't like hook up with anybody because I thought I had a boyfriend and I came back to the boyfriend and then he broke up with me like right away. And I was there, I was there in San Francisco from after Burning Man, like decompressing, living on my friend's couch. And I moved here in October, October 5th, 2007. But that two weeks, it was really hard on my friend Amanda and I don't even remember her last name. I'm such a cunt. But I mean, it was 17, 16 years ago. But I was so depressed. I couldn't get out of her. She lived in this cute apartment in Hillcrest. And I, and it, she was so generous to let me stay with her. But I mean, I just sat there on the couch. And this is before Netflix. So I was like reading, watching a lot of TV. I made some curtains for her, cleaned up a lot. But then I moved, and then I moved to San Francisco. And then it was like, oh, this new place, and there was so much sparkle this on the city. This is in 07, you said? This was 07. 07. And I applied at the end of 07 to get into graduate school in 08, and then I found out I got in, and I was like, this is the place. It's so amazing here. And I met all these people, and oh, but God, I met the farmer. That was a mistake. I met him right away. <laughs> um, and then, you know, every, it, but I've sort of watched myself, and then I went through my huge alcoholic stage, um, 32 to 33, I was really struggling. Um, and then there was so much booze here. It was like, this is so fun. But now I recognize, looking back, like, I can't understand why people in the comedy community, I mean, I used to drink pretty heavily, but all those people are kind of gone now. So I don't know, but I think that reputations, once they're solidified, that's just the way they are. And there's nothing you can do to change it. So unfortunately... The way people see me is not how I see myself, but whatever. Well, 
<laughs> it, it sounds like it's like a new chapter. Yeah. You new know, chapter. and you know, the thing is, it's just like, it's always hard to start a new chapter. Cause like I've had, <clears throat> you would be, there's a lot of people that I've known that have left this year. And like even talking to my, uh, my friend who she's moving to DC and stuff. But she's been traveling the world while doing that, you know. She's just been like, you know, the change was hard, you know. But that's to be expected while the rest of us are going to be in this lame place. Well, I don't, but, you know, I will say this. I did go to um, First Fridays, which is in Oakland, uh, on Friday. And I had some of the best time, you know, but that was in Oakland. I had a great time. I saw beautiful people. I saw, you know, it, 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 it was something positive. And, like, you know, that's something that we're trying to bring back here uh, with what I do with yeah. SF and stuff. And just, like, you know, even after, what was the conference that just left, the uh, Asian Pacific? Uh, oh, that thing was awful. Yes, yeah. That was terrible. I still have, like, this horrible taste in my mouth. about That was the only thing I was really bitching and complaining about when I was back home in the Midwest, Talking about like, I noticed I had more negative things to say about SF or Frisco, which I found out, you know, that's what you're actually supposed to call it. If you're from here, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not from here, don't call it that. I was, but if you I was were born and raised here. You can call it Frisco. I was told the opposite way. What? Yeah, like, oh no, don't call it that. But don't I think it, it was city. It was called. It was. I learned from a bunch of fucking trans transplants. That's why. But oh. anyway. Well, they got kicked out of the city because they called it Frisco. You no, know, I when I leave, I'm not going to shit on the city because the shitty sits on shits on itself enough. Oh yeah, like there's enough poop here for everyone. I don't have to say anything <laughs> negative about San Francisco. Although that conference, which was terrible, it really angered me because right be the day before it happened, I'm walking down Civic Center and I notice there's this new skate park. Skate park, open, and they've got they've got ping pong tables out and they've got cornhole. And they've got all this. They moved the farmer's market. They, yeah, they've activated the city in a different way. And there's all these different, and it was great. And the whole, there was this art walk and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, San Francisco finally cares about San Franciscans. And then I realized, oh no, this is for the conference. <laughs> this is for the rich people coming from all over the world to see that we're not the shittiest place in the world. They, again, just like they did with um, the Super Bowl in 2016, I think it was 2016, So in 2016, I guess, or whatever year it was, they gave the homeless people vouchers so they could all stay in Daly City. And they did it again. They spent $8 million giving the questionably housed housing for a week. But the money they spent on that week of housing could have been forever housing. And that we continue to just put Band-Aids on the problem for a week to play, to, to act for other people who have money. We, I, thought, I thought that San Francisco was being altruistic and I was like, like, look at these beautiful things that the city is doing for the city. And then I realized that's not for us. They didn't do it for us. They did it for the rich people and that sucks. I was just so excited to think for a second that things were starting to change. Other than Livable City and Into the Streets, which I know is in incredible programming that activates streets and is for the community and is incredible and and that's what's happening in civic center that i love instead of people sitting on those steps slamming heroin they moved somewhere else and i don't know where but they're not there and the skateboarders are there now and and that's just so lovely for skateboarders to have a place 
to in the center of the city to be cool and have me stare at them. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, San Francisco is yeah, changing. I mean, it was definitely for show because that was one of the things that I noticed. Like, because we were doing outreach for St. Anthony's around that week uh, before the conference. And that was one of the things that my colleague and I were kind of having a gripe about. Well, it's just like funny how they just a day or two before everyone comes to it, it's like, look at me, look what we did. Yeah, look what we did. You know? And it's just like, do, do, while do. the rest of downtown is destitute. And so here's one of the things about what it really pissed me off about that conference. So a lot of people, the small businesses around that, uh, that area were really, really financially affected by that. So if you were ever downtown during that time, during the conference, Couple of things that happened. The tea wasn't going that way because right. it went underground, underground for security reasons. Because you had, you know, the most most elite CEOs, billionaires, uh, dignitaries here. Okay, yeah, so. a parade every fucking day, <clears throat> right? With woo 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 and police escort and everything. It was like, what the fuck is going on here? Huge buses with like one person in them. I'm like, really? The whole gate prison uh, thing that was happening downtown. Yes. So if you were ever down, up and down on mission between, I would say like, uh, what, first to like fifth, mm -hmm. uh, it was all like, it almost felt like you were on the wrong side of the tracks kind of thing where people in the middle of the street where it's gated, these are where the dignitaries come and the rest of you get the sidewalk. Right, which, and they moved all our buses. They moved our entire muni system around yeah. for like two weeks. Which, which, I get it, I understand, but the whole thing really bothered me more than like the buses and everything it moved was the fact that those small businesses that were oh, affected yeah. did not get any business because the city had promised them there's going to be a lot of people. There's a large conference, all the people around the world. And, you know, as someone that w worked downtown and worked in the service industry, that would have been our a conference. Yeah. A convention. Great. That's yeah, money. Cl close that's down the street, but don't close down the business. I understand what they did. They had the businesses open on the side, but they had like chain link fence. Thank you. So they, had, so they had the sidewalk open, but the center of the street where you can't get through you're not allowed. To, so if somebody wanted to go to your business and it was on Third Street, they'd have to walk all the, all the mm -hmm. way through down. They couldn't walk. So they didn't. The people in the businesses that should have been positively affected did not get access exactly. to the people because they chained them in. And they said, well, these are the dignitaries and the rest of you can get your hamburger at Mel's later or the Thai place that's there. Yeah, or, the, all those businesses on the Metreon really got, like, one of the oh, guys... Oh, that's true, the Metreon's right yeah, there. Yeah, so, like, you had some of those businesses, because believe it or not, in the Metreon, those are small businesses minus, like, a AMC. Right. So... One of the sad things I heard about it was this guy who had a business in the Metreon who, who said the city promised us this, and then, you know, come to find out, he, you know, he overstaffed people because oh. he thought it was going to be busy, like most businesses in that area, because we they know what it's like to have a conference or a convention down in that area, right. thinking that, oh, shit, it's going to be popping and busy. Ends up, they lost money because of putting those people in, yeah, hiring the extra pain. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some places had to close oh. midweek because it was so slow. Wow. That it was like, especially like a lot of the, oops, especially like a lot of the um, food places and what have you, closed yeah. early. Sure. Due to the fact that no one, no one came through and it's Wednesday. The rich people took business away. They did not yeah. bring business to the San Francisco because they didn't even frequent 
any of the places than a normal convention would. They were all booked for other things and special parties and millions of dollars being spent at the top of the Hilton or something like that. That's exactly, that's probably where a lot of the money, I know it Mm. went, definitely they had some, um, a gala like at the Exploratorium and stuff like that. And exactly what you said, like, I'm sure there was like a lot of things that going on, maybe at the Ritz Carlton or, the sure. Hilton, you know, yes. And the, and security, you know, who, who made money security. And we had to bring in a thousand extra ambulances, fire trucks, policemen. Oh, yeah, there throughout was, the whole state. I saw, I saw um, ambulances from Benicia. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are there Benicia Modesto? What are the Modesto ambulances brought, doing uh, in yeah. San Francisco? I couldn't believe it. I was like, for what purpose is all of this safety? I guess when people are that rich, they just, it's just unfortunate that the city basically hoard itself out for nothing. They hoard themselves out to all the rich people, and we didn't really get that big of a benefit. We cleaned up. We spick and spanned everything. And then what do we see after? N- nothing. Everything's back to the way it was. It still looks like a fucking ghost town. <laughs> down, yeah. You know, downtown. Which, you know... Westfield's uh, closing? Dear God. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, just walking up and down market is just depressing as it is because it's just like, wow. You know the city got hit really hard over COVID. But, you know, I am one of those people that are, you know, are getting sick and tired of people shoplifting because I'm sorry, that does affect a little bit of why a lot of these businesses have been pulling out. They, well, that's what happened to Whole Foods on 8th and Whole Market. Whole paycheck. Yeah, that didn't last, but... Uh. Okay, so the reason that they actually had to close is that they were losing $10,000 a day in shrinkage, which is yes. the corporate word for theft, theft. Because people know, and everyone knows, I guess I, now I know too, if you steal less than $500 worth of stuff, you can't even call the police or do anything about it. So people were going in and stealing like $450 worth of stuff and just walking out. out. And if that happens, if 10 people, if 10 people do that every day, that's 5,000, but they were losing 10,000 a day. So that means 20 people every day were stealing enough that they just couldn't, they couldn't stay open. And then with that, You know, people have to realize, like, along, and I mean, I hate speaking up for big corporations like that, but those people that work for those places, that means they lost their job as well with theft. So it is kind of a trickle-down thing, you know. But if everyone could be fed, then no one would have to steal things. Right. And I mean... (laughs) And one of the, I was watching the news. I've been trying to stay away from the news, but it was the local news. And the chief of police (laughs) was like so happy. Like the whole, we've cracked down on at least 300 uh, shoplifters within the month of November. And I'm like, so you want a cookie about doing your job? Yeah, And and it's just like, and we, you know, we've been just trying to crack down a little bit more and the drop in burglaries has gone down. I'm like, because maybe you should, this is part of the job that you should be doing. Yeah. I mean, it, get, it becomes a tricky situation where you do have shoplifters and repeated shoplifters and then you let them back out. And yes, there is that side of like, the, these are, this is not a violent crime for them to be locked up for, for weeks on end. But there has to be a solution that we can meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Whereas, well, we know why the majority of people are shoplifting. And then there's like a small inkling of people that are shoplifting because they just want to do it. 
<laughs> but the most, but, but people, most people need are, things. Right. Like the last time I saw people shoplifting, it was a gang of 10 children. They were all yeah, under 18. Yeah, there's that. That's a mischievous part of well, it. No, they were stealing toilet paper, oh, paper towels, tampons. It was all paper products. I watched this group of kids come out of the, the Walgreens on 23rd and Mission. I'm sitting there getting my candy bar with my EBT, and I see this huge gang of children just wa- not walking, but not running, quickly exiting the store, <laughs> carrying paper towels, toilet paper, tampons. I think they even had like school notebooks and stuff. These kids weren't stealing for funds. These they, they weren't were stealing, stealing Doritos and shit. They ne- but yeah, they weren't stealing alcohol. They weren't stealing cigarettes. They weren't stealing Doritos. They weren't stealing snacks. They were stealing. Things their parents might have said, go get some paper towel. <laughs> like, these Mama are. need some tam tams. Yeah, they didn't. Ha- these are things they didn't have. Now, people, if everyone had access to food, I think that we could cut out some of the thievery. But I don't, I don't know if people, if I was a person who was stealing because I was super poor, I'd be stealing like big ticket items, like wine. I'd be trying to steal wine to sell it on the street or something. Or, I mean, you're not going to steal broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Although at Whole Foods, broccoli's like eight ninety nine a pound. Uh, so maybe you do steal broccoli. I don't know. Oh, no. no, I mean it's just you know, the city is falling apart, and yeah. I see it, and I've seen it since COVID. I mean, I saw a little bit of it before COVID, but post COVID, because nothing changed for the questionably housed. They're still mm-hmm. on the street. They're just still in worse. their tents. They even got more tents. It became more acceptable to sort of live outside it was like well we can't do anything we're inside you're outside sorry but it now that things are quote-unquote back they're really not because okay now this is this is real talk i decided the other day because i was working really hard here and i had worked on some projects and i'd done a zoom meeting and things i was like i'm going to buy myself a burrito at el matate now matate is on 22nd street and it's a lovely mexican restaurant i've been frequenting them since I've been here at Mutiny Radio, which is like 11 years. And I've always enjoyed it. They have a delicious chili relleno. Anyways, I got a chili relleno burrito. And she said, would you like sour cream and guacamole? And I said, yeah, let's be decadent. Let's do it. She only upcharged me a dollar. And then she says, well, would I get the tip sign? I said, yeah, I'll tip 15%. My burrito with tip was $19.67. Oh, My, it came with chips. $19.67 for a burrito, for a vegetarian burrito at that. It was, a, it was a delicious burrito. Also, I didn't have rice. I just had beans. So I don't know. That so didn't you didn't change even have everything. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to not tip. But when a burrito starts at $15 now, what is going? 16 years ago when I moved here, burritos were $5. And now they're $15. And it didn't even have a shrimp in it. Well, I remember when the shrimp, there was a carne asada shrimp burrito um, at Cancun and it was nine ninety five, And that was like a splurge, like, whoa. And now that's like 17 bucks. This was a vegetarian burrito. And you have bucks. to realize now that the reason why we have to play those prices is they have to pay their rent. Yes. And then they have to, and then there's the food costs. Yes, the of food that. costs. So it's, and it's, it's because just the like, gas has gone up. Right. So everything is just, it, it, it's affecting everyone. And it's just, uh, I mean. It, it's impossible to live in this city unless you're a soulless corporate tech monster 
And, and that's the problem too. That's why Oakland is so cool. All the artists have moved to Oakland. They can't afford to live here anymore. I mean, you can't. It's, they can barely move forward to live out there too. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Well, it's, it's the so Bay Area hard. as a whole is like yeah. absolutely insane. But and, and then with that, you know, you're speaking on tech. There are a lot of layoffs. Yes. That's happening as well with Ooh, tech football. right now. And so, you know, I believe uh, Pandora uh, just had a large, I think they're shrinking their um, staff by 17%. Pandora, Pandora, of course, because yeah. Spotify has taken over. Who uses Pandora? And then, I, or was it Spotify? I think I, I think it was Spotify. Hold on, let me double check. They might even be the same thing. I don't know anything oh, about no, technology. Oh, no, they're not the same. Okay. But, um, but I mean, it, it's no one's winning in this situation. I'm just saying, $20 burrito. So uh -huh. that's the other thing, though. Is I don't want to be a jerk and not tip. But then that's the thing, a $17 burrito versus $19 burrito. I mean, what's the difference there? Oh, yeah, Mine it's as Spotify. Well give it's Spotify. It is Spotify? That's yeah. Wow. So they, uh, they will cut 17% of their workforce. Wow. So, yeah. And they're the actually most popular besides iTunes. Wow. So that's saying a lot. Well, I think also that people are starting to recognize that some of these tech jobs are redundant. There is no reason to have four updates a year. The only reason to update an app is that you have a person who designs apps that needs to justify them working. You know what I mean? Like well, everything works. My phone is from 2019 and it works just But fine. it's it's more than that. I mean, it's more it's like you have to think about the algorithm. There's also the advertising side of it. Ugh. There's uh there's there's so much that goes into it. But what we're finding out is fat meat is greasy. Where, you know, there is no guarantee that you will be able to still have that 120 um, uh, a year job yeah. here you know and the silicon valley is it, you're seeing shit happen right now you really are and a lot of people are, are leaving the city and you know are trying to maybe go into business with themselves so which is super hard too because um trump really sat on top of small business owners last year i didn't get any refund in my taxes Ugh. and that is a hundred percent because of what happened during covid and trump and stuff um and i really do think he's going to be reelected, and I, and i'm, I'm scared and I'm 50 50 i'm not going to say there's no guaranteed because the way things are looking it's leaning that way for it's sure so scary it's leaning that way oh the united states is falling apart but it always has been. And, you know, this is the end of the, we, this is the Roman Empire. This is the Colosseum. <laughs> this is the pomp and circumstance. This is the gladiators. This is the rich having tons and spending and not recognizing and not seeing the poor and not seeing any value in people. It, that all goes back to the Colosseum days when they were having people fight people because they didn't have any value because they were slaves or they were bought and sold for that particular purpose for the entertainment of the rich and we're seeing metaphorically we're seeing that now is that the disparity between the haves and the have-nots is what it, we can it's see more and more the wide. divide greaten here in san francisco more quickly than anywhere else well that's one of the reasons why you know a lot of, especially uh with politics the, the culture wars are there to basically not talk about the economy, you know, especially right. when it comes on the right, 
you know, that's why they're using these culture wars. It's just like, no, focus here on the transgender or, right, you know, which has these nothing minorities. To do with, which has nothing to do with $10 or beers. Israel and, ooh, that's Yeah, a, that's but that stuff's all, what we need to be focusing on, at least for San Francisco, right now, a beer is $10. So if I buy a beer and it's $8 and I, now I have to tip $2 because that's the way it is. I remember brainwash days. I could get a pitcher for $5 before happy hour or during happy hour. And then after happy hour, it was $10 for a pitcher of IPA. And now a beer is $10 everywhere. Everywhere you go, it's $8. Yeah, add eight plus, and then you add tip to it. Yeah, it's going to be about $10. It's $10 for a beer. And we've normalized this. When I first moved here, I could get drunk on $10 and tip because they were $2 Takates at um, fucking Homestead and there were $2 PBRs at Bender's and you give a tip every time. You get three beers, go home, tip two beers on your last beer. Three beers, that's enough for me. I'm fine. $10, for $10, I could go out and have a super fun night. Now, that's, I can't even get a pack of cigarettes. Cigarettes are $15. I don't want to just complain about money, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing the prices rise and I'm not seeing incomes rise no i'm seeing the amount of food stamps i get rise that's exciting <laughs> uh because milk is almost five dollars a gallon now i mean that is eggs if everything's gone up everything and and nobody's acknowledging that there hasn't been a big presidential speech saying like wow we really recognize that inflation is at an all-time high on everyday items that people use right and then you know on top of that, it's like no one's shopping. Like they were talking about, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, of course. And so, you know, people were disappointed with like a lot of the Black Friday. And of course, every year you notice it, uh, that it's dwindling, you know, more and more every year. And then some of the things that people were finding, especially on TikTok, where you had like people like Tarjay, that would say that would have a Black Friday sale, which, you know, Black Friday sale is supposed to be the the best, best price out of the whole year. Come to find out that price was just the same price that they have been having, but uh. they just used Black Friday. So it's stuff like that. People are catching on to having like, you know, in order to save money, you have to be a little bit more savvier with your shopping. You have to be a little bit on point. Yeah. And so it's, Stuff like that, people are, are like, I guess, trying to catch. And it's just, there's no. F there's no way to win at the game because the house always wins. Thank you. The deck is stacked against us. And now. What she said. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way to win. But we could still be happy. No, I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to try to. Focus on the vast positives that exist in my life as I am, as I am uh, changing my life drastically and getting rid. It's amazing to realize how many, and I don't have that many things. Honestly, if you go into my apartment, you'll be like, well, she doesn't have a lot of stuff. I'm clearly, not, I'm not a hoarder, but it's still a ridiculous amount of stuff. Yeah. Like, and all the stuff that I've surrounded myself with for this idea of safety that doesn't exist. 
Someone keeps calling us and hanging up. Crank caller. Crank caller, crank caller. Um, but it's it's a weird concept that I've been dealing with of like the idea of safety, the idea that everything's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. what we don't know, anything or anyone can, or any anything can kill us at any time for any reason. Who knows? I could get hit by a fucking bus. You never know. But that's the thing too, is I'm cleaning out my apartment. I'm recognizing like, this is really good that I'm doing this now because if I did die in this apartment, because I've lived there for 16 years. No, I've been in the city for 16 years. I've lived there for 13 years. Oh, well, that's good it's time. the longest place I've ever lived. If I didn't clean out my apartment and I died there, someone else would have to deal with all, all of this stuff. bullshit. Yeah. And they really wouldn't know like what is important and what's not important. Well, none of it's important once I don't attribute importance to it anymore, which is what I've been realizing as I get rid of all these books. There's a lot of books that I have that I, I've been saving around and I, I don't really use them. A lot of plays, a lot of... But there are some books that I'm like, I need to keep these books. And as I'm realizing, <laughs> I'm giving, I've, I've given away in the past week hundreds of books, bags and bags of books, like downstairs in my apartment complex, outside, like by the bus stop, they all just, everything disappears to friends, like all this stuff. I've just so many books. It's wild. But then it's, it's like, what do I... They're literally heavy. Like, why would I want to carry those around? But I do. You're going to keep a few. I'm keeping. So that's the thing is I'm keeping some stuff and I'm not putting it in storage because it's not enough to rent a storage facility because I don't think I don't find purpose in. I'd rather give my furniture away and have people use it than have it for storage. Yeah, for it to live for my things to live in a place. Collect us in the darkness. Yeah. Why? That doesn't make sense. That's not. So unless I'm going to live in that storage space. Right, unless I'm living <laughs> in that storage space. But I so I'm trying to make my life much lighter so that I can move and you know, anyway. But it I have so much stuff. It's 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 ridiculous the notes, the paper, the things I've saved. I have notes from junior high that like who boys keeps wrote to me. Who, who who right? Who keeps those? I have I have all kinds of weird, weird. Stuff. I think that's kind of cute. It's cute, and I'll, oh yeah, but and I'll take that stuff over. I'll, I'll, maybe we'll see. I don't know what's happening in life. No one knows what's happening. We're keeping Mutiny Radio alive until June. I promise. Don't worry. We're gonna have five open mics a week. It's gonna be amazing. You can always download our information and our past podcasts off of our website. You can listen to us bitch about Trump. <laughs> Two angry women. I wonder what it would be like if I was a happy woman and I just talked about happy things all the time. That would be boring, I think. I don't know. Puppies, kittens, and unicorns. That's the porn ruined my computer. Uh, but I will get a new one. I will. It's, it's such a bummer when, you, when you're, some of your technology becomes obsolete and, I, and it's so old that, I mean, I don't even know how to like get all the files off my 2011 computer. But I guess I should put it on something. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a writer. I've written so much and I've been so willy-nilly and haphazard about how I've saved it. <laughs> so I have so many things that are unpublished that are just, well, no one's ever going to read them except those people that took that class with me that one time or whatever. Um, but I mean, my, I'm sure I'm a better writer now than I was then. So I just need to write new stuff. 
So do you at least have any plans for the holiday? Nope, not yet. Nope. Um, well, you're welcome to come to my house because you. I will be I will be hosting Christmas at my house this year because uh, my ass is not going anywhere. I already went to the Midwest for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I will not be catching any flights and getting sick around any dusty motherfuckers yeah. at an airport. I know. So, They're so gross. It's, yeah. I was looking at um, business class tickets, and they are oh God. 10 almost 10 times the price of the actual ticket. So and this is just business class. It's just business class, right? So one of my trips on the way there it was 397 economy and the round the the one way business class was 2100. Fuck off. Right? So 397 first class used to be and that's not even Well, Jesus. no, but they call there is no first class in Turkish <laughs> Airlines. They just call it business class. But I just it, I mean, that's crazy to me that some people have so much money that instead of a $400 flight, they'll take a $2,100 flight. And it's, I mean, I, I think that maybe if I was a really large person, it would be something that I would consider. But because I'm so tiny, like I can fit, I'm so tiny, I can totally. You can hula hoop through a Cheerio. Yeah, I can hula hoop through a Cheerio. <laughs> I'm, but I'm excited to like, I don't, I can't imagine spending that much money on myself, like being. I can't. 2G, I mean. One way, 15 hours. Let's do the math. 2,000 divided by 15. 20 into 15. So it's basically $150 an hour for the plane flight. $150 an hour. What is worth $150? If, if it's going to be $150 an hour, I better be getting rubbed. By uh, like I was going to say masseuse. a massage. Yeah. <laughs> they better be massage chairs. A two hour massage, like like all over my body, dipped in mud and gold. Yeah, they um their business class seats recline into a full bed. So that's nice. But then that's like the most expensive. I would probably pay like maybe $1,500 if, if I, maybe 1000 to $1,200 tops. Yeah. If it was. 1200 one way business class i might consider it just to feel fancy for once in my life because there's something there is something about like when you're flying international you want to be comfortable as f right yes. cuz i've been on a couple international flights coming back home where i'm just like oh maybe i should have just paid the money so i have a whole series of things that i do on the plane when it's a super long flight like that i Make sure that I get up and do a lap around the whole plane, except for <laughs> business class. At least once an hour, I get up. If I have to go to the bathroom or not, I do a lap. But I also stretch try to go out. to the bathroom. I stretch. I go into that bathroom area, and I, I put my leg in the air like a little ballerina, and I, I bend over. I love watching people do Sometimes that. Sometimes I put my feet up, and like in the chair itself, I'll, I'll like put them up in front of me. Because I'm very flexible and very tiny, so it just isn't worth it to me right now to use to use disposable Dude. income in that fashion yeah i mean i i do love seeing people it actually motivates me like if i'm on a long flight because i'm usually just glued to my seat watching movies or reading yeah. um but especially eating that heavy airplane food sometimes it feels like a rock in your body i just been people like moving around and doing yoga and stuff yeah and I, I, that's what i started to do because i'm just like okay Everyone's moving uh, around. 
we got what five six hours left yeah and oh when it's when it's five six hours left you're almost there baby doll yeah but you know the time does Ooh. go by fast but i mean i i mean i loved i love flying internationally but it would be nice to like do business class just one time i don't think i've done a business class international so just i haven't either. i might spoil myself one of these days and this time that my other thing i learned but it won't be tw two g's though right i learned if it was two g's round trip in, in a second in a heartbeat round trip yes round trip that's a thousand yeah a thousand each way round trip business class in a heartbeat um because that's just twice as much as you would normally pay instead of fifteen thousand dollars anyways um I love drinking on international flights, but mm. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if I told you what happened last time I went to Greece um, in, in August. I got to the airport and it turned out that one of my buddies is a manager of the, the of one of the, one of the places, right? One of the bars, Beautiful. one of the restaurants. So I sit down and he comes out, he goes, oh my God, Pam, everything for you is comped. And I'm like, stop it, Patrick. And so he let, I got a lamb burger and I got two beers. And so I was starting out my flight, flight right, right? And I've got my beers on board. And I'm like, all right, let's start drinking on the plane. So on the plane, I probably had like, you know, mini, mini bottles of wine. I probably had like four of those in, in the, during the flight. And then I got off the flight and I went directly and I didn't drink enough water. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'll get you. So then I got off the flight and I was meeting Mihales, Nikos's brother, and um and Frodo for the game there was a soccer game the Panathinaikos were playing but they weren't at their stadium so they were playing on the TV at the clubhouse which is across the street and so it's a clubhouse for Panathinaikos hooligan fans and it's all green painted everything and it's it's a bar too and it's all this sweaty guys so I'm inside this sweaty awesome all guys everyone's smoking inside this clubhouse watching the game right after the flight. I went straight from the flight. Instead of going to the place to drop, I even brought all my, because all I have is my backpack. So I brought my luggage. So I'm, and then they're like, let's drink. We're drinking. So me, Alice is buying me beers. I think I had like three beers during the game. And then we go back to the apartment and he and I hung out on the balcony. And I think we had like another two beers. Okay. The next morning I woke up oh, and I've never been so sick i threw up like multiple times oh, God, and it was no. great because nikos wasn't even in his house it was he was out of town so he didn't have to witness me being the worst hangover i've ever had Boy. in in like i'm gonna say in 10 years i haven't had a hangover this bad since there was a night when i used to do cocaine and the next morning i was like <laughs> sick 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 and I couldn't keep water down. I had to take a bath to try to get water in through my skin. I was like sipping on like, I was like eating ice chips. I had to have a, I was like laying down. Uh, and I had to have a bowl. I had to get a bowl out of the kitchen to vomit into. I got so sick. And the reason, and I know why, it's because I was dehydrated from the plane. First, I drank before the plane. Then I drank on the plane. Didn't drink any water, water. on the So I basically didn't drink any water for like, 17, 18 hours. Your body said, I'm dry. I need. And my body was just like more. So let's see how many drinks I had. Two big beers. So let's say that that's three beers because they were big ones. Four bottles of wine, but they were 
you know, a little bit. So, so you already did your drinking for the week. Right. Right so there in one setting. Nine. And then when I did the game, I probably had three, maybe four. Okay. So I had, 14. I had eight, I had 18 beers over like a 20, I had 18 drinks over like a 24 hour period. So that is, that's a lot. You're on vacation, but water. But water, water. And it gets tricky too on the plane too, because you know, yes, you can request water, but it's just like, I'm stuck here. Oh, they're giving me wine. I'm not going to say no. It was like 16. Either way, 16 is too many. That's a lot. Yeah, and that's why I was sick. And you're like, your body was just like. I was, I, well, it was awful. I missed a day in Greece because I was throwing up the whole day. Well. Like, it was, it was awful. But it's okay. It was, I got to, I mean, I, I love Nikos' bathroom. He has this really beautiful bathtub. <laughs> and he has a great balcony and internet and everything. So, I mean, I was okay, but it was like. You're just like, Pam, we'll not do that again. Well, and so I learned on the flight back last year, last year. August, September, when I flew back, I didn't drink any alcohol at all. I drank water constantly. Like any time they offered water, I was taking water. I was getting up. I was getting <laughs> water. I peed so much. I stretched because I was like, I'm not going to come home and be hungover. I've got to hit the ground running because I've got to work on the festival. And um, and plus, you don't want to come back home like sloshed and depressed and like, oh, God. Right. And then the jet lag because yeah. it's wild. So I, whenever I do that too, when I come back, I thought I figured it out. I stayed awake till a certain point and then I like made sure I woke up at a certain point to get myself back on the time. But the problem was that my body got confused and I started waking up at like five in the morning every morning Mm -hmm. for a while, but that's fine because I was working really hard. So I was like, well, I'm awake at five. I might as well start working. But this time now I know now I, now I really understand you know what, but flying on planes, but it's the thing because I notice I drink the most when I'm on my way, yeah, well, on the way there because I that is my I'm so excited, so excited! to get the oh, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. that you're like you're hurting yourself, you're hurting, you're so excited. Wait till your ass gets there, see how excited you'll feel. I need to drink a glass of water for every drink, no matter what. That needs to be a new rule for the plane. If I have a glass of wine, I have a glass of water. Back that boom, ass boom, up, boom, 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 <laughs> yeah. So did you hear the other thing I'm going to be working on? Um, I'm finishing, I, I'm nine songs into my musical, into this new musical that I've oh, written. Oh, sweet. And I'd like, ideally, the goal is to prepare it and workshop it with a group of talented artists and present it at Edinburgh this year. That sounds cool. Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. Because the other beauty of Scotland is that it's not in Europe. I mean, it's not in the EU. No. So it doesn't count against your EU days. So if you if you don't have an extended visa, you only get 90 out of 180 thanks days. Thanks to Brexit. So, you have to, so thanks to Brexit. So one good thing about Brexit. But Ireland is not part of the... Is, Ireland is a part of the EU and not a part of England. So, or the... It British, is part of the UK. The, the UK. But they, it is part of the UK, but, but they have some way that they worked out a solution to be part of the EU. Right, which means that my buddy right now lives in Ireland. She's like, come stay with me and it'll be great. And I'm like, I can't because it's part of Europe. It's part of the EU. Maybe I'll have to ask her if there is some special dispensation that they get both sides because that would be great because I am technically Irish. Like, let me see my home country. Because there is Ireland and there's Northern Ireland. 
right. So well, I have to see where Erin lives. But I want to, she's the one, she just finished her PhD at the University of Glasgow and they produced her rock opera. And so oh, she's cool. got access to all like, you know, I need, I need a guy to play Jesus. He doesn't have to be able to sing, but he's got to be hot because he has mm-hmm. to walk around in a diaper. And then there's five chorus members and they can be non-binary. They can be men, women, doesn't matter. But there's five of them and they have to be able to sing. I'd like them to be able to move. They don't have to be able to dance, but they have to be good movers. Because there's a lot of cor- there's a lot of like pedestrian choreography that I envision. But I also yeah. need I don't want to I mean I guess I could choreograph it, I could direct it, but I'd like a choreographer. I'd like to collaborate with as many people as possible. Um, I definitely need to figure out if if we're you know, I can I can I've, the score is almost written, but getting pe- teaching people in a band how to play that music mm-hmm. That's not, that's not me. So I'm going to need to work with a composer of some kind or not a composer, a conductor, maybe. So, but I'd like to present it at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival next year. It's like a 50-minute musical right now, and it's really good. So, Well, you'll be able to. I hope so. I, that's kind of like you're, the... You're determined, so... Yeah, and it's, it's a really good musical, and all the songs are written, and it's a musical where there's no book. Like, there's no, there's no scenes in between anything. Like expository scenes everything happens in the songs Mm. and you get what's going on because each each song is a vignette a tableau of a time period in this one character's life and the chorus plays all the other characters in that song and then jesus is a disembodied voice until she does mushrooms in the woods with the rainbow people and she sees jesus and he comes to her corporeally in his in the flesh and the rainbow hippies at the end are like, man, she's on a trip, huh? <laughs> but so from then on in the play, she sees, talks to, sings with, lives with Jesus. Um, and then eventually she has to break up with him because she meets a real guy. And um, she has to choose between reality and Jesus and well and the fiction she's created in her mind because oh, because the, like, Jesus okay. is Jesus isn't even like a real Jesus and the nuns in the beginning aren't really real Catholic nuns it's all sort of when she becomes a nun but not a real nun she's like makes up her own nunship like she she gets married to Jesus and there's a sex scene with her and Jesus and because um, he's in me anyways <laughs> um, it's a fun little song but she believes he's there and that's enough and then. I think at the beginning when she meets this real guy, she doesn't think he's real, but he is real. And then, is real. Ah! And then she has to break up with Jesus. And and I don't, I don't really like the idea that it's that she meets a real guy mm-hmm. that makes her, I don't want it to be like there's a knight in white horse savior of the story that's a guy. But right now it's kind of hinting that way. I don't have a song about it yet. So I, I, the only songs I have are when Prudence is eight and she is at a wake for her, for a nun, and there's these global warming nuns and they curse her to be a nun at a wake. Okay, that's, it's a wake. Are you woke? It's, it's a funny little song. Then Prudence is like 11, 12, and she wants to play spin the bottle, but no one will let her because they, they're like, you look prude, you look like a dude, and that they're all bullies. Tee hee, tee hee, can't you take a joke? Then there's that song. And she's talking to Jesus and stuff, and he's a voice. And then she's in college, and she's doing this theater program, 
and she wants to make out with all the ga- guys, but the whole song, they're all gay. And she doesn't know they're gay, but they're gay. She's mm-hmm. like, what do you say, Gary? Want to make out after the play? We both are into that drama thing. The other boy said, you can make me sing. With this bottle and two cups, we can go get drunken. Gary, where are you going? And then Gary runs away. But so they're all very, they all come up and they're very flamboyant and very gay. And each, you know, stanza, she's going up to all these different guys. Like, what do you say? And she's like, are all of you gay? So they're all gay. Um, and then the next song, she's all upset because she's a little bit older. And every, it's gone, gone, gonorrhea. I have FOMO for a disease. What was the parte where you all had group sex without me? Um, and it's all about everyone gets, everyone gets gonorrhea. Except her, she's like, no one will sleep with me. So the whole, so she then she finally decides, okay, this is it. I'm gonna be, I'm a nun. I'm cursed to be a nun. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to become a boring, sexless nun, but cursed when I was eight. Now I have to be one. Anyway, goes on and on. Song, that song, song. Well. And then um, she sings a song of lament. I have the song I wrote, the country song. Um, so why am I still paying rent? At the one-bedroom residential apartment in my heart. So that all is going to be, I think, a song to Jesus when she breaks up with Jesus. I know that song has to be in there somewhere. Oh, and then there's the one that's um, a message on red. It's only been one day, this feeling of dread. So she messages somebody, a guy, and this is all her and... And she, anyways, the end, it's, it's such a funny song because she's like, maybe he's dead. Um, and then anyways, but so I have all these songs and I want to, I want to work them together and I want to work with a cast and present it at, at Edinburgh because it could, you know, it's like where people do that kind of shit. Well, that's the goal for 2024, 2025. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because then once, once it's down and it's written and people see it and they're like, this is fun. Cause it's funny and it's weird. It's about religion and it's about, well, give me a reason to come out and see it. Then. Thank you. It's, it's about zealotry and people that believe in something so fervently that it changes their entire, their the entire course of their life and the structure of who they are until they realize that like, this isn't real or I mean, nothing's real. Everything's real. We can believe in anything we want to believe in and make it real. We can, I can, if I want to pretend that that, that, that sparkle Jesus is my buddy and he lives with me and walks around with me, I can convince myself of that. Yeah. So I'd love, and that's another thing. I want to keep sparkle Jesus, but it's like, where do I keep sparkle Jesus? So there's so much art that I, I don't, I don't know. There's stuff I'm going to ask Gallery Arama, like, please store my what, art for what, me. That what they can preserve for you. And right. Keep. Because I do want to send all my stuff eventually, or depending where I live, who knows? Maybe I come back and I stay here. I don't know. Like, all I know is that- She'll be back to visit. I'll be back. Well, all I know is that I'm not going to be maintaining my own residence in one particular city for more than a few months at a time right now. And that's okay. And that's and, and I've never done that before. And you've been in this the state of California your whole life. My whole life. It's time to move on. I think so too. It's time. I believe so. It's time for you to move on. What are you doing the rest of your afternoon? I have to go back to the warehouse and because it's inventory season. Oh. So I got my laptop with me and 
going to take inventory. This is the fun part of the job, kids. Do, does so. Livable City or um, do you guys need our 30 chairs? Do you have any Ooh. use for chairs? Because after December, yeah, after December 31st, so we're using January to clean everything out of the station and sort of like garage sale, but really not 